of the Spirit is to transform someone's life. See, that's what God really wants. He wants us to be changed. He wants us to be transformed. He wants to do a work in each one of us. And part of the struggle for people of following Jesus is that we really want the new life, but we really don't want to have to be changed. Like, we really want the transformation, but we don't want to have to make any different decisions, right? As Pastor Daniel just said so perfectly, we really don't want to do the work of following the Spirit's guidance, do we? (laughs) Today, you'll learn about what receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is all about, how it happens, and what your response should be. And there is a response, as Pastor Daniel has already hinted at. The Holy Spirit is such an incredible help to your life, to your faith, So why not commit today to do what he asks of you? Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Acts chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Gift of the Spirit. So when you think about all the different life hacks you've learned in your life, you know what a life hack is, right? It's something that you do to try and make things a little better, to make it more efficient. Some of those life hacks, when you first hear about them, strike you as super weird. Like I think about my good friend Chuck Hurt. Chuck went home to be with the Lord a number of years back, but we used to hang out and get coffee. And Chuck would talk to me about taking a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar every morning. And I remember Chuck would like try to explain to me how awesome this is. I'm like, bro, you use that to clean your floor, bro. I'm like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat that. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's really good for you. And I remember the first time I did it, I'm just like, you know, like he didn't explain to me that you can like do this different ways. So I just like take a tablespoon and I put apple cider vinegar. I just stuck it in my mouth and I'm like, that's awful. You know what I mean? And then the next time I saw him, he's like, did you try it? I'm like, bro, I almost threw up. Like, yeah, I don't wake you up in the morning, you know? But then I remember as I started reading about it, obviously you, when you read about it, what you realize is that apple cider vinegar is really good for you because it helps the pH balance of your internal ways. And so I've since learned that you can like, put water in there and you put some other things in there so it just doesn't taste so nasty. Now, some of you are going to tell me that that's terrible and you should never do it. And that's how all life hacks are, isn't it? You know, and that's something that you, know, you hear and you're like, well, that's an interesting idea. But one of the best life hacks I actually that I have ever heard that I tell people about all the time that's really had a huge impact on my life is the idea of making sure you master your morning. You know, and and really comes from the scriptures. The idea that, you know, God values the first things. And I remember reading about Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher. They called him the prince of preachers in his generation. And he would say something like, I determined never to look into the eyes of another person until I first looked into the eyes of God. So what I learned is that you take the first part of your day and you make sure that you put in the first things that you read should be scripture, not news, not social media, right? So, and then I started like, oh, so when you wake up in the morning, you should drink a lot of water. Why? Because you need to hydrate in the morning, you know? I try and stretch in the morning. Why? Because I need my body to get moving again after being 
in bed. You know what I mean? You begin to read the scriptures and pray. You talk to the Lord before you talk to your spouse, even before you talk to yourself, right? You start, and that idea to me has been really, really powerful. And it was one of the things that I'm like, I wish someone would have told me that earlier, that what I do in the first part of my morning is essential you know, and then all the research now is coming out about, like, if you read uh, the news sources in the morning, you have, like, a 64% greater possibility of being frustrated throughout the day. Because if the first thing you put into you is all the frustration that you get from the news sources, right? So what you put in first is important, right? Now, I share this with you because as I have grown in walking with the Lord, I've been walking with the Lord for over 20 years now, The idea of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, has become more and more important to me as I've gotten older, as I've walked longer. And I realize that in talking about who the Holy Spirit is and how he works, as I've been saying it the whole way, that it is a controversial subject. And I think it's interesting that it's controversial because the fruit of the Spirit is love. So when people get all aggro about the Holy Spirit and how he works, I'm like, well, actually, this whole discussion doesn't make any sense because the fruit of the Spirit is love and it's joy and and the fruit of the Spirit is what? Peace and patience. (laughs) Think about that. So people who are impatient with people about who the Spirit is and how he works, I mean, it's like, well, hold on. If you're arguing for the Spirit's desires and you're doing it in an impatient way, you're actually not doing it in the spirit. And so today we're going to look at what was for the early church, the most essential factor next to believing in Jesus. We're going to see the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the early church. And so to get at this today, open up in your Bibles to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, the book of Acts Chapter one, the book of Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. So I'm going to be reading these scriptures. And so I want you to be able to read along. I'm not just making this stuff up. We live in a day and age. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? Like you're allowed to have your opinions. I'm allowed to have mine. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion. There's opinions and there's the word of God, right? And so we're going to read the word of God and we're going to learn from it. But I don't want to give you my opinion. I just want to say, this is what the word of God says. And this is how you want to apply it to your life. And of course, if, if you're like anti-paper, you can pull out your mobile device. You can open up your favorite browser window, your favorite Bible app, and you just type in Acts chapter one, and we'll see exactly what it says. Now, I'm going to pick up in verse four of Acts chapter one, where it says this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the ultimate life hack we learn right here is that you and I, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Jesus. He's speaking together with his disciples. This is after his death and resurrection. This is before Jesus' ascension into heaven. And they're all together. And he commanded them. He's like, don't leave Jerusalem, but you have to wait for the promise. 
right? And he had been telling it. And if you were with us in our previous message, we looked at the promise, Jesus promising the gift of the spirit. But then he says for John, speaking of John the baptizer, John the Baptist, he truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So really what Jesus is saying is like, I don't want you guys to go anywhere until you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is really what we see in Acts chapter 1 and ultimately in its fulfillment, we'll see it today in Acts chapter 2. The idea is now when the Holy Spirit is poured out and people are now empowered to be able to do the work that God has called them to do. Now, what I want to tell you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply this. There is not one way that the Spirit of God baptizes people. And it's not really about timing. It's just about the impact of what happens when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we'll be looking at this as we continue through areas of the book of Acts. And you'll see how sometimes people are baptized and then they're filled again and again and again. Yeah, that happens. Some people are baptized in the Holy Spirit at a time other than when they are put their faith and trust in Jesus. You have other people who they believe in Jesus and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit in the same moment. So because of that, obviously, it creates some confusion, doesn't it? Because of that, people are like, well, how does it work? And I always want to tell people it's not about timing. It's just about the reality of a person being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was also said this way. This is the way John the Baptist said it in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, it's amazing that you see, in what we read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is saying, listen, John baptized you with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right, in just a few days. And John is saying, listen, I baptized you with water. Water baptism is a good thing. He's like, but there's one coming after me who, he's like, I'm not even worthy to be his lowest servant, to be the person who takes off Jesus' shoes, his sandals, his Birkenstock. That's why I love him so much. Jesus wore Burke, so do I. No, just kidding. But he's saying, John's saying, but when the Messiah comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, a lot of people struggle with what does the fire mean? And there's a lot of different ways that people choose to interpret that. In a lot of ways, the idea is that when a person is in Christ, they get refined by Jesus. They get transformed by him. The idea of being baptized by fire speaks of God, in a sense, burning off the things of our lives that are unnecessary. So that only what is important for us to remain, it's the transformation that happens. And in talking about this life hack series, really our goal is that the ultimate work of the spirit is to transform someone's life. See, that's what God really wants. He wants us to be changed. He wants us to be transformed. He wants to do a work in each one of us. And part of the struggle for people of following Jesus is that we really want the new life, but we really don't want to have to be changed. Like, we really want the transformation, but we don't want to have to make any different decisions, right? It's like, God, I want you to do a work in my life. God, I want you to teach me patience. And then he gives you situations to be patient in. And you're like, why is this not happening right now? It's like, well, you pray for patience. Like, patience is learned in real time. It's, I think we have a tendency to think that in a lot of ways, spiritual growth is like that scene in the Matrix where Neo is getting all the computer upgrades. I can do jujitsu, you know? 
I can do Muay Thai. You know, it's like you think you just download the program and all of a sudden you walk in that stuff. That might be cool for the matrix that when you're plugged into a machine and you're getting things downloaded in your brain. But in the way the spirit of God works, when he wants to transform your life, he puts you in a situation where you have to choose to do a different thing than you would normally do. And most of us hate that. Because it's hard enough just to make it through every day, let alone let God do a huge heart work in us. One of the things I tell people all the time, I'll tell you, I always know what God's working in my life by what's making me frustrated. Because I would love to say that I'm always so willing for God to change my life, but whatever makes me frustrated, whatever gets me a little angry, those are the areas where I go, that's where God is working in my life. When every time I'm like, that just makes me so mad. Right there, I'm like, okay, that's the curriculum that I'm in right now. Because normally, I do not believe that by default, many of us are really open for what God wants to do. And that's why the idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, it's this, God wants to refine you. And so if right now, if you're going through stuff that's frustrating, that's challenging, you can either resist what's happening, and it's still going to happen anyway, no matter how much you're fighting against it, or you can choose to surrender to it and say, God, like a great artist, you are doing a work right now. And sometimes God uses the hammer and chisel, knocking off big parts of your life. Other times it's just the steady rub of the fine graded sandpaper. And I don't know which one's worse. You know, sometimes I think the slow grind is worse, right? But God loves us enough to receive us just as we are. And he loves us too much to keep us like this. So God's doing a work of transformation. And ultimately for the apostles, Jesus said it was good that he went away because the helper would come. And he's telling them now, listen, whatever you do, don't leave Jerusalem until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to ask yourself a simple question. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, we're going to talk more about this, but look at what happens next. As we continue on in this story, in verse 6, notice what it says. Therefore, when they had come together, this is Acts chapter 1, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, what's beautiful here is the apostles are wanting something different than what Jesus is wanting to give them. He says, listen, don't go anywhere until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they're like, hey, so Lord, so now are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to kick out those Romans? Like, get rid of them. We're going to establish a righteous kingdom right here, right now. We're going to have no oppression from the Romans. See, they're interested in an earthly kingdom, but God is interested in doing something different. Now, I bring this up because, guess what? People, situations change, different generations, but by and large, people make the same mistakes. And a lot of times, we think that Jesus is going to erect an earthly kingdom right now. You know, like, Lord, are you going to like fix this whole thing and eradicate this and this? And Jesus is like, well, hold on. There's something else I'm working on here. And that's why he says, he's like, listen, it's not for you to know the times the Father's kept. It's like, don't worry about that. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you'll be witnesses unto me. I would say it this way. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gives power for mission. The Spirit gives power for mission. Now, I think what's powerful about this is, of course, the Bible teaches that when a person believes in Jesus, no one can call upon the Lord unless the Spirit of God is in them. But in a lot of ways, the baptism, as it is explained here, like the disciples already believed in Jesus. But this baptism is about something different. And notice it says, you will receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. And then you will be witnesses unto me. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about God's empowerment for the mission that God has called us on to. So it's, as you read the scriptures, it seems to be different than the ability to believe in Jesus. Now this is empowerment to fulfill the calling that God has on our lives. And so I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is incredibly important. Because we need the power to be able to fulfill the calling that God has on our lives. Now, again, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. For some people on the day you got saved, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But for some of us, it happened at later times. And for some of us, you're like, I believe in Jesus. I've actually never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, again, the timing doesn't matter. It's the reality of it that's what matters. Right? But Jesus is saying here, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, that word witness is the Greek word that we get the word martyr from. Now, when we think of a martyr, we think of somebody who gives up their life because of their testimony of their faith. But in a sense, all of us are called to be martyrs, whether we actually lose our lives on the side of eternity or not. Because Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to what? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He who desires to save his life will lose it. And he who gives up his own life for my sake and the gospel will find it. So all of us are called to be living sacrifices. Now, remember earlier we talked about how we want transformed lives. We just actually don't want to be there when we have to make different decisions. It's the same idea is that part of what God invites us to is to die to our self-styled versions of our lives so that we can be made alive to the life that he has for us. One of the greatest struggles I think that we have is to trust that God's ways are indeed better than our ways, that God's purposes are indeed better than our purposes. But when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, in a sense, you die to your own version of your life and you become made alive to the version of your life that God has for you. In a sense, we die to our own dreams that we can be made alive to God's dreams. Right? And so this idea that you will be witnesses unto me, that you will be martyrs, you will be people who live their life in a different way than you would have lived on your own. And he says that you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and where right where they were, in Judea, which was the greater area, and Samaria, which was the greater area, and into the ends of the earth. So there's these concentric circles on where the mission happens. It happens locally, and then it happens regionally, and then it moves on out, and then it ultimately moves to the end of the earth. So the baptism of the Spirit gives this power for mission. Now you got to ask yourself, well, what's the mission? I'm so happy you asked. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. I want you to write it down. I want you to memorize this. They call this the Great Commission, right? It's Jesus talking to the church. What's the mission, right? 
And Jesus said it this way. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all these things that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. See, I, I memorized that one. It's a good one. You want to have that one memorized. Now, what I love about the Great Commission is verse 18 tells us that the mission that Jesus have can never fail because Jesus has all authority. How cool is that? Like, it's not like God sends us on a fool's errand. He's like, listen, this is ground in the fact that I have authority over everything. There's nothing I don't have authority over. In heaven and on earth, all authority is mine. And then the beauty of it, as you are joining Jesus in his mission that can't fail, when you get to verse 20, he tells you that no matter what, you're going to get to have fellowship with God because Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How cool. Not only is it a can't lose proposition, but you get to have fellowship with the Lord all the way because he's like, no matter where you go, no matter what it looks like, I'll be with you. Right? So you have fellowship with God in the midst of the mission. But what is the mission? It says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all those things I command you. Now you guys notice there's four verbs there, right? There's go, make disciples, baptizing and teaching. Now, in the Greek language, and we don't notice it in the English, one of those verbs is the imperative. This is the thing you're supposed to do. And then three of them, what they call the subordinate clause, which you get to do the imperative by doing these three things. Now, what do you think is the imperative? Most people would say go because it's in first place, but actually, and I don't knock you for it, I would have said the same thing until I've learned this. Really, the imperative is to make disciples. And you make disciples by going, baptizing, and teaching. So what is making disciple? Making a disciple is connecting someone to Jesus. Our job is not to make disciples to us. Like, if you ever notice, we're never trying to make you a disciple of Crossroads. We want you to be a, a disciple of Jesus. And we think Crossroads is a great place to be a disciple of Jesus. But we don't want to connect people to us. We want to connect people to the Lord. A disciple is somebody who learns from, who surrenders their life to, who sees somebody as the authority in their life. And we believe that when a person is a disciple of Jesus, they're learning from Jesus, and we make disciples by going. Now, where are you going? Everywhere. So when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to your job, right? When you go to the grocery store, when, when, when you go to, you know, to, to, to the sports field, when, when you go to get coffee 18 times a day, right? Wherever you go, the reason you're going is to make disciples. We also make disciples by baptizing. As a church, we love to invite people into the waters of baptism to make that public declaration of what God has done. But don't miss the fact that it doesn't say baptizing with water, it just says baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm surprised oftentimes that we don't talk more about the baptism of the Spirit. And then, of course, we do it by teaching all the things that Jesus commanded us. Jesus is 
Pastor Daniel shared how the Holy Spirit came to the followers of Jesus, the devoted apostles who followed and shared in his ministry while he was on earth. And as you see in the responses of human beings today, they didn't quite get it at first. But Jesus explained to them and to us that in order to fulfill the things God is asking of each person, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today... If you have yet to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, now is a great time. What are you waiting for? Hey, everybody. Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at go, the number two, and crossroads. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to jesusisrealradio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel reminds you how Jesus fulfilled the law of the Old Testament again and again. And that didn't stop once he physically left the earth. The gift of the Holy Spirit happened on a significant day for the people of Israel. It was yet again a reminder of God's incredible power and provision for his people. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Life Hack. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.